Hello and welcome to Teaching Elementary Mathematics. I'm Dave Blake. Today in week 8, we're talking about third grade mathematics. One thing that I notice as I've gone through and listened to my other podcasts is there seems to be a part in there where it's disconnected. Well, I'm a math teacher, or actually I'm a teacher, and so uh, anytime I have a minute which is uninterrupted, that's great. But doing 15 minutes of uninterrupted, I don't know if that ever happens. And so as your teacher is listening to this, you can understand that if you can get 15 minutes of uninterrupted time, it's like a miracle. And sometimes you sit around and wonder, oh, what's going on? Is everybody else outside of my world, are they uh, not there anymore? Did they forget about me? So sorry about the interruptions. Sorry about the part where it feels a little disconjointed. Um, also, in my lack of time, I don't have a lot of time to edit these. And so um, I will do the best to convey my message in the best way that I know how. So today, we're going to talk about multiplying and dividing in third grade. This is the foundation. This is what third grade was made for. In the past, we've talked about adding and subtracting. We've built that great foundation of being able to draw a picture, being able to help them know how to visually represent the problems that we're solving. As we start multiplication, we need to have an objective for the week. And the objective we need to have in the very first week that we teach multiplication is can they draw an array of a multiplication problem? This is not can they solve multiplication problems. This is not can they know all of their facts of the fives or the ones or the tens or the twos, whatever is easiest. The first thing we want to do in the first week is can they draw an array of a multiplication problem. So now as we look through this, there's a few things that we need to be able to do. Can they represent repeated multiplication like 3 plus 3 plus 3 plus 3 as an array? Can they stack them on top of one another? So you'd have 3, and then underneath 3, and then underneath 3, and then underneath that we would have 3. The next thing we want them to be able to do is with that array, we want them to be able to label it. So on the top we would have 3 across and 4 down. And so as we're doing this, we're building that foundation of what multiplication looks like. Have we introduced the multiplication symbol? We have not even done that yet. We just want them to understand what repeated addition looks like, what an array looks like using repeated addition. Then we want them to be able to transfer that to a multiplication sign or a problem. And so what they're going to do is they're going to take that problem and they're going to write, oh, it's 3 and 4, but it's 3 four times, or four groups of three. And so we're going to do that. One of the success criteria that a lot of teachers miss, and this relates to many different grade levels, is that understanding of what's the difference between an addition sign and a multiplication sign. Do they know what the difference is and what it looks like? Do they know what happens different when we give it to them? What does adding the plus sign mean? And what does the multiplication or time sign mean? What, is, what do we do with that? And so 
that's one of those things that we need to make sure they understand in our success criteria. And so this should cover a week because we're building that foundation. And it shouldn't take, we shouldn't worry about moving, oh, they're not memorizing their facts. Have them draw a picture. Memorization will come later once they understand how to use the facts, once they understand what the multiplication really means. So one of the ideas that you could do is that you could put a few different arrays up there on the board or on a worksheet or however you want to deliver it and say, what would be the problem that represents this? If they have one and they put 5 plus 5 plus 5, that's okay. If they have that one and they put 5 times 3, that's okay. But we want them to be able to look at it and count and see and visualize. We don't need them to be able to solve them yet. We want them to be able to understand what they need to be doing to understand how multiplication works. So the other thing is that as you start this, focus on the twos, the fives, and the tens. Now that doesn't mean that's the only ones they can do. But those are the ones that in second grade they built that foundation of skip counting. Because in second grade they need to know how to skip count by twos, fives, and tens. And so if you focus on that, then it'll be easier for them to make that connection of saying, oh, it's 5, 5, and 5, so that's 5, 10, 15, so they can count by their fives. And that's a strategy because we're building off of second grade. So now, as we're doing this and we're thinking about, oh, what are we going to do for our starter? We're gonna, what are we going to do for that rich conversation? So the number of the day. Give them the number 16. And why number 16? Because there's so many different ways to represent that with multiplication. Now, are they going to get it on the first day? Because on the first day, we're giving them this number before we even start talking about what an array is. So they do all of these things, and they'll do 15 plus 1, and they'll do 10 plus 6, and they'll do uh, expanded form and written form and draw in it, and they'll do all of these different things because in these last few weeks, we've really helped them understand how to do this. So now you as a teacher, you say, well, I thought about it this way. And maybe you draw four circles and you put four dots in each one. Or maybe you draw two circles and you put eight dots in each one. And it just sparks their interest. And it gets them thinking, oh, there are other ways to do this. And so as you introduce this information to them, then you're really starting to get them to think. Now, we haven't even taught them anything and they've already seen a multiplication problem. We haven't taught them anything and they've already seen that numbers can be broken into groups. We can have three groups of five or we can have two groups of eight. So we talk about these things and we help them understand what an array is and how it's just repeated addition. Then on the next day we talk about the same and different. So let's put up there on the board 3 plus 3 plus 3 plus 3. And then on the next one, we put 4 times 3. Now, do you want to put the answer? You can. Is the conversation you're going to get better if you put the answer? Or is it going to limit it? That depends on your class. That depends on kind of how you've trained them. If you put the answer, both of them being 12, are you going to talk about, oh, there's 4 threes? 
or there's three, four times, and are you going to make that connection if you have the answer or if you don't have the answer? Sometimes they want to see what the answer is, and so if you just give it to them, they can say, oh, the answer is the same. So that adds to that conversation. And sometimes it takes away from it because all they're doing is looking at the answer because, you know, kids have been trained that the answer is the only part of math. The next thing we want to do is we want to talk about a story problem on the next day. So what if we have a problem such as Mike has five baskets of apples. In each basket, there are he has two apples. How many does he have? Draw this. Have him draw five baskets. Have him put two apples in each one. Do they have to be perfect-looking baskets? No. What if you're looking down from the top and they're just circles? And you draw five circles and then you put two in each one. What a great representation of multiplication. The next thing is, what do I notice and what do I wonder? So if you put up on the board an array of anything... I would do easy because I don't want to have to draw for hours. So I would do 3 times 5. And if we put that as an array, what do we notice? What do we wonder? Oh, I notice that there's 3 dots by 5 dots. Oh, I wonder what the multiplication problem would be. I wonder how we're going to solve this. So we're tying everything together. And then on Friday we give an assessment. Now, as we try and build our assessment for Friday, there are a few ways to do this. I personally like to give them six to eight problems. Two problems being number five and six. These are the ones that are on grade level. These are the ones that we've taught this week. And so we would have a problem with draw a picture of, and then a repeated addition problem, and draw a picture of, or... We have an array, and we say what math equation is represented by this picture. Then, on numbers 3 and 4, we need to build off of that, or what builds into that. And so maybe we do a repeated addition problem. 2 plus 2 plus 2 equals what? 5 plus 5 plus 5. Or we do another addition problem. Then number 1 and 2, we do single-digit addition. Number one and two should be that prob those problems that students come in and they're like, oh, I can do number one and two. Put a smile on their face. Give them something that they can accomplish. And as they accomplish those, then the other ones seem a little bit easier. Now, if you want to go into the extension piece and you want to talk about where do we move these forward to, number seven and eight, this is where we're leading into. So maybe on this one, you say, draw a picture of... 4 times 3, or some other multiplication problem. And then, on number 8, you say, uh, draw an array, or you do a multiplication problem, and you say, what's the problem and what's the answer? Or you just do a multiplication problem. 5 times 6 equals, and they have to figure out what it equals. But we're trying to push them forward so we can see as we go into the next week, we're pre-assessing. And so our assessment on Friday is our post-assessment and our pre-assessment all in one. But we're only given two problems for that pre-assessment. So we can kind of see where they're going and how they're moving forward. So I hope that you understand that if you slow down, you will go faster. And it's hard for some people to understand. It doesn't even make sense as you say it. 
It's kind of like in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. You have to go forward to go backwards. You have to go slower in order to go faster. If you build this foundation, if you help them understand that multiplication is just an array or just an area model, which we'll get into later, they're able to better understand what they're going to do and better understand what multiplication really means so then they can be more successful as they move forward. Well, thank you for listening to my podcast. I appreciate it. If you like it, please subscribe. Please share it. Please uh, post it on your social media so that other people can uh, share the knowledge that you have and have that same conversation. Uh, my name's Dave Blake. You can get a hold of me. Oh, my Twitter feed is at everythingmath. And uh, have a great week.